We are back again on the axis of football. Char, a lot has gone down. Some interesting headlines to discuss this week. Tyler Murray finally gets his money. Show me the money, as they say the Cardinals did. But there's a caveat. Char and I will talk about that. The Niners veterans prefer Jimmy G over Trey Lance. Some rumblings out of Niner camp coming out this week. We've also got some developments. Jerry Jones at Cowboy Camp making some potentially cryptic comments on Mike McCarthy and his status. And Tom Brady, the GOAT, gets yet another weapon. Julio Jones headed to Tampa. We'll talk about that and what that means for the Bucks and their chances coming up in 2022. But sure, let's kick it off with the big news over this past week. Kyler Murray getting some cash, baby. A five-year extension, $230 million, $160 million of that guaranteed. But we said, Char, there is a caveat, and that is that Kyler Murray, in the contract, it states that he must complete four hours of independent game study per week. Interesting. I'll, I'll bite my tongue on my initial opinion on this. Char, when you first heard the news, let's talk about two things. The news of the Kyler Murray contract extension, and then this kind of interesting caveat addendum within the contract. Your initial thoughts, buddy. Well, before I say anything, good to hear your voice again, buddy. And uh, for those of you that don't know, we didn't record last week with some elitist, some, some friend of mine who's an extreme elitist who pretends not to be an elitist who lives in a castle in Dallas, was yeah. spending a couple of weeks in Maui so uh, or whatever. So <laughs> we had to wait for his majesty to come back. Uh, no, but, no, no. But... <laughs> listen, listen, the family would have had my head on a stick if we didn't if we didn't do Maui this year. So right, um, you know, I, right. was, I was I was I was I was a it was a hostage situation. What can I say? Right, was, right. But, but there's there's worse places you can spend. You can spend some time. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Maui is one of my favorite places. Did, did you enjoy it before we get going? Did, I mean, I mean, is the sky blue? I, yeah. There I mean, you it's, go. All it's right. Now, you know, as, as you know, Shar, when you've got kids that age, you know, it's more of a trip than it is a vacation. I'm not, I'm not, you know, sipping, you know, my ties, uh, drinks on the beach or right. anything. I'm working on five, six hours in the pool. I'm, you know, feeding and cleaning and bathing and, you know, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's what, what about your, your slew of 20 helpers that you travel with you and your, in your entourage? Oh, and God, okay. For, for the record, Char, Char is, this is a complete fib now. Uh, but no, I wish, I wish, I wish, man. Anyways, no, it, it, well, it it's great. good to have but you hey, back, buddy. It's, it's good to be back. And look, it's yeah. great to be, even though we're not physically in the same place, it's great. We're both in California right now. I'm in the Bay Area. You're in SoCal. So we're both ah. in California in the same time zone for the first time in, in I don't know, over a year. So that is true. Kurush is back to his roots. He's celebrating the champ, the NBA champion, uh, his, his, his NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. But, you know, that could change on, on depending on who's who's the better team by, by the year. No, come on. Come on. No, I, <laughs> I'm hey, giving you a hard time. I think the fact that I've been a Cowboy fan this long proves I'm definitely not. That is true. That is true. But, that is uh, very true. Appreciate All it, man. Right. I'm going to be chatting. And, yeah, man, let's, you know. Let's, let's get into it. By the way, one other side note. I apologize for the noise quality. I, I went back and listened, and I realized that one of my cats had chewed on the microphone wire. So my apologies. That's been rectified now. So it, it sounded horrible. God, God almighty, when I was listening to it, I wanted to punch myself. But anyways, let's get back to Carl Murray. So uh, a couple a couple of things. I, I guess the millennial uh, strategy of passive aggressive oh i'm taking off my social media is working you know so <laughs> if you're out there 
go and go and start go and start blocking your uh, your employers on social media and maybe you'll get a raise again we both have we both see the same way we look at Kyler Murray the same way he's a highly talented athlete and you know about me i i i haven't bought into him even when they were 7 and 0 i didn't buy into him and my reasoning for it was that something off on the sidelines i would see about him i didn't like do you recall that i mean like yeah. I, I kept saying there's something i don't like about it and uh, the fact that they put an addendum in there that he has to do film study. It's, it's, I mean, come on. Well, I mean, and, and think about, I mean, do, do you, could you ever, and this is why I'm saying Kyler Murray, I don't, I don't put him in that upper echelon. Could no. you imagine, I mean, Tom Brady's obvious, but even let's take some of the newer guys, you know, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Josh Allen, right. right. Aaron Rodgers early in his career. Could you imagine any of these guys ever getting something like this in their, I mean, it would, it would be unthinkable. And in fact, you know, I would go as far as to say, if that were to happen, that team would be taking a massive negative hit in the court of public opinion because of what we know about the greatness of those quarterbacks. I, I you know, I don't know what the I, I can't speak for NFL fandom, but for me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, like it's interesting, but it's it's not completely shocking to me because I don't put Kyler Murray in that same echelon. And then another thing that I would say, sure, interesting. And, and here's where I have where I kind of take issue is that Kyler Murray last December, okay, he was quoted on a radio show. He said, quote, I think I was blessed with the cognitive skills to just go out there and just see it before it happens. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. Wow. I don't sit there for 24 hours, break down the team and this team and that team and watch every game because in my head, I already see so much. And that was according to. 98.7 Arizona sports. There's a local radio show out there in, in Arizona. So like he kind of already put it out there, right? For better or for worse. And, and so he seems like, not to say he doesn't watch any film, but he clearly is a guy who, who maybe doesn't think he needs to watch as much film in particular. And he's now, Shar, the funny thing too is he's now come back and there's been some criticism directed towards him and people like you and me kind of saying, hey, well, if, this, if, if the team... It's put on this, this, this caveat, what, what must mean something about his work habits. And he, I think yesterday came out and said, quote, to think that I can accomplish everything that I have accomplished in my career and not be a student of the game and not have that passion and not take this serious is disrespectful. And it's almost a joke. To me, I'm flattered. I want to say, I want to say flattered that you all think that at my size, I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not take it serious. It's disrespectful. I feel like to my peers, to all the great athletes and great players in the league, this game is too hard. To play with a position that I can play in this league is just too hard. So he came out and attacked and said it's disrespectful. I don't think the issue is that he's not, no one's saying he's not watching any film. The question is, and we take that previous quote from last December, and now the Cardinals putting this in the contract. Right. You know, I don't, is it crazy to say that maybe Murray is not as big on watching film as maybe some of his peers are? It's not crazy to say. Kurosh, here's the thing. Which statement from Kyler Murray are we supposed to believe? The one that he made on radio several months ago or this statement right now? Yeah. And the fact that it's a team that has to put this on there. And part of me wonders, part of me wonders that is that a way for, is is, is that a passive aggressive way that the Cardinals said F you to Kyler Murray? <laughs> By, by disclosing that and, and putting it in the contract. Because Hardy going to know that he's watching film at home? Hardy going to really monitor that? 
Well, and, and it's, I, you know, I was reading some of the, and it's funny you say that, Char, and I, 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 I agree with you. I think it could be, it could be, it's either, I mean, it could be both like, hey, F you for putting us through all this and the social media bonanza and all this stuff. We're going to kind of put this in there. But if you actually look at the the addendum, there's some pretty, pretty clear language in there, right? It, it, basically, what it says is that he will, Murray is going to need to study material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game. It says then he will receive, quote, credit for completing his film study according to the contract. However, it also states that the time that Murray spends in mandatory meetings doesn't count, <laughs> right? Of course it doesn't. The independence study. But it's just, to me, it's funny. They have to spell all this out, right? And then it's saying, it also states that he will not get credit if he's not studying or watching the material while it plays on his tablet or if he's doing something that can distract him or draw attention elsewhere, like watching TV, playing video games, browsing the internet, right? Like, this seems like, you know... Why are they going to monitor like, it? Like a, a, kid, a kid's rules you put on a wall, right? And not an NFL... But, course, here's the thing. How are they going to monitor that? They're not going to monitor it. Exactly. can't. But, but the thing is, though, the point is, isn't it, it kind of funny that they're putting this verbiage right. in an NFL contract? It's something I would tell my son, like, hey, don't don't have the TV on while you do your homework, you know? Right. Like, and, the, and, yeah. and that's why I ask, is this an FU statement to him? That's that's why I'm asking that. <laughs> yeah, it's almost embarrassing. It's a little bit embarrassing. Right. The funny thing is, Monday, this past Monday, when Cliff Kingsbury was asked about this, he basically was like, hey, I didn't have anything to do with the addendum. I'm just, my job is just to develop him as a player. Right. <laughs> right? So it's like Cliff Kingsbury was like, don't look at me, dude. Right. Like I, right. I was, I wasn't buying this thing. So the coach is trying to absolve himself of it. Cause I think he even realizes it's, maybe this is a little bit, the language is, is a little bit ridiculous. Also. But and he has to have, he has to be on good terms with him on the field. So, but to me, this is partially an FU statement, Kyler Murray. There's no way in hell they're going to be able to, monitor that and prove whether he's watching it or not this is just an absolute like you embarrassed us you put us through this here you go you basically held our feet over the fire and and got more than what you deserve and and you know what here's our way of showing the world that you are a child you're not a professional that you know that you're not a team first guy that you know you here's our way of showing that you're a prick that you're a selfish prick could you, could you imagine like what what would Patrick Mahomes say if in his contract with the Chiefs it said they would watch film and by the way no video games or TV in the background come on man like that, it, that's just it's it's crazy to me that they're they have they put this language in there and and yeah it, it's it's I agree with you that it's partially an FU but is there is it possible Shar that there is a legitimate concern from the Cardinals on his level of preparation if we're gonna yes. pay money. We want some assurances that you're going to prepare because we're maybe we're maybe not super confident or as confident as we'd like to be in the preparation currently that you've showed us so far. Well, well, let's look at it this way. When both you and I, who are not fans of his, all right, we're not fans of his as a football player. We're, we're in, enormous fans of his as a talent, right? Yeah. When, when we look at it, we're like, he's got the arm strength. He's got, you know, he, he's, he's got the speed. He can run around. He's electrifying. He's exciting. Okay. He can win games on his feet on a, and with his arm. But yet there's something about him that we don't like. There's something that, 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 that we're like, he is not one of those top A-list franchise quarterbacks, all right? What, what does it leave? It, it leaves us that, that his perspective or, or, or his demeanor towards 
football and the profession of, of, of being an NFL football player, he's not fully vested in it, Kurosh. That's 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 what we didn't like about it. When I look at it and I see his demeanor toward his freaking toward his teammates on the sideline, and I'm like, Kurosh, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way yeah. he looks at people. I don't like the way he rolls his eyes. I don't like the way he's not not near his receivers or his linemen. I don't like it. So I saw that. And, and I don't know why you derived the decision that you did about his professionalism, but but obviously there's something missing from it. He is not fully vested into the game of football. It's, for me, it's and, and you 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 have much better insight to this than I would, Char, but for me, it was just simply a couple of things, right? His body language and his facial expressions. Yes. He always looks like he's pissed off. He always seems like it's not good enough. It always seems like it's somebody else's fault. He's putting up that like, oh my God, I have to put up with this crap. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, and then to me, I just don't like like God bless him for what he's been able to get out of, yes. out of his book. But I personally, if I was running a franchise, I wouldn't hand him the keys to him because I don't believe that his style of play is scalable, right? right? What happens when his legs aren't what they used to be, right? He's so he creates so many plays outside of the pocket because of his legs and his quickness. You know, in a few years, that's not gonna be. At age 30, yeah. At age 30, just like a running back. I don't believe that he's really – and, by the way, please don't extrapolate this to think maybe I don't believe in, like, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a unique, explosive running talent. Kyler Murray's quick and elusive. Don't compare that to a Lamar Jackson right. of an extremely lethal weapon. He can score from anywhere on the field. Kyler Murray – I'm saying when Kyler Murray, he's short. He can't see over the lineman as it is. Kyler Murray is – When he uh, loses his quickness – when he loses the quickness, he's not going to be able to get out right. and evade the rush anymore, and he can't see. So what, what are you left with, right? So that's that's my issue with Kyler Murray, right? Not as a person, but am I going to hand him the keys to the franchise? No. I want to ask something you said, Char. You mentioned with his teammates, right? I'd be curious if you can kind of put your – figuratively, your, 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 your helmet back on. If you're one of his teammates and you're seeing the headlines about this film study addendum in his contract, is that – something you don't think twice about, or does that stand out to you? How does that go over with you if you're thinking about yourself as a teammate of Kyler Murray? My my feeling is that if this is the – again, it's not like he's a new quarterback to the system. He's been there for, what, three years now? Two, three years? However long uh, he's three, been years. There. three years. Okay, so they, the guys that have been there, they know, they know about the fact that maybe – he doesn't understand or like, you know, because look, during meetings, coaches ask you, coaches put, put you in situations and, and they say, hey, like they would ask me, Sharp, what's a down a distance? Yeah, down a distance here is third and seven or longer. What defense do we expect from them if, if we come up with this formation? And I should, I, I would, I need to spurt off four, five different defensive fronts that we might see and what kind of blitzing and, and what kind of personnel we might see. And I was expected to know what kind of protection we're going to try to put towards that. And, and, and now, now multiply that exponentially for a quarterback. Okay. He has to know, he has to, not only does he need to know blocking patterns, he has to know route tree. He has to know the defensive and the coverages and everything. And I, I just, I can only imagine that he's been in those meetings and they've asked him questions to the point where he's like, or just like says something. And look, you, you can only bullshit so much for so long. So I, I, agree. Don't, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think that you'd have language like this unless like something tangible has happened to lead you to believe we need to do this. Right. So, to feel good about the. And by the way, too, we talked about this in the production side of meeting. This deals is essentially a, 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 almost a mirror of Deshaun Watson in terms of the, the annual money that he's going to be getting. The only difference is 
the Deshaun Watson deal is fully guaranteed, which is it's a pretty big difference, right? Kyler Murray's is, I think, $160 million guaranteed. So about $70 million difference in guaranteed money, which, you know, Deshaun Watson, that's that's a that's a hell of a deal that he got. But essentially from a just if you take the annual yearly salary, about $46 million, that's that's the neighborhood that, he, that he's Can in. Can I say something to that, Gurush? Sure, uh, please. What's, what's Kyler Murray's last final year? Do we know? Let's let's, uh, let's assume let's assume it's the average. Let's let's assume it's around forty-five to fifty million, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I even though that his contract is only guaranteed for what hundred and you said hundred thirty million. I think hundred sixty guaranteed. Okay, hundred sixty guaranteed. Basically, yeah. Actually, the only yeah, year it's not guaranteed is the last is it, the last year. It it, it goes. It, it it's not actually. It is different than the Watson contract, and that the Watson contract is fully guaranteed, and it's basically a fixed the forty-six point whatever million every year Murray's is a little bit is a little bit all over the place so I believe he's let's see 30 million for 22 39 for 23 38 for 24 it kind of fluctuates and then and then the final two years 2026 and 2027 he goes to actually wow the 2026 number it goes to it goes to 42 million and then 36 million for 2027 so he's it, it's a little bit up and down in terms of the annual the annual salary he'll be getting right so here's what i'm going to say when they sign him to this much and they give him 130 million, million guaranteed even his non-guaranteed money career is going to be guaranteed until this his second to his last year because one of two things is going to happen for again you never know but these are the most thing you know the most likable things to happen is that he will either before that final year of his contract he will either re-sign or sign an extension, or he will be cut before that final year. So my, my point is that that's $36 million. So really, his entire contract is guaranteed minus that $36 million. Right. So look okay. at look look at it, because they're not going to, Kurish, they're not going to guarantee him all this money and cut him in two years or three years. No, they're not. It's, not. It's, it's not. So so but, uh, people, have to, people have to really put that into mind about like, oh, his is only $130 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson is $230 million guaranteed. Right now, from the look of it, Kyler Murray got basically $198 million guaranteed salary. Yeah, I mean, he's still going to be a very rich man. Right, right. And this this really, I really want to see what that will do to the to, uh, to the Cardinals coming up with, with some of their players. Because, look, I, I call it the Joe Flacco effect, you know, of, 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 <laughs> yeah. winning, the, of winning the Super Bowl. And, and again, from a player's pers- perspective, God bless them both. Look, yeah, except, except Kyle Murray hasn't come near winning Super Bowl, but, but right, sure. right. Joe Flacco did it at least by being a Super Bowl MVP. So uh, not only that, I mean, Joe Flacco played lights out in every playoff game. That, that right, year. right. He no, he 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 got paid. But let's look at the only time that we saw that the Ravens weren't really a serious threat was the years after they won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Because yeah, they think- couldn't sign people; they had to let people go. Look, look, when you guys, when, when your Dallas Cowboys signed Dak Prescott uh, last offseason, what did I say to you? I said, this is a death nail to Amari Cooper and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Remember that? Well, yeah, Cooper, I Cooper, mean, got, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk and, about And, and, and this is, later, this yeah. is, this is Zeke's last year with the Cowboys. I, I can tell you that. I can tell you that right now. This is Zeke's last year. I, but these, the, these contracts and these giant contracts have, have repercussions for the rest of the team. Yeah, for sure. There's no question about it. Salary cap era. You can't you can't escape that. And yeah, the question is, you know, is is Kyler Murray like and again, we talked about this when you when you back up the Brinks truck for Patrick Mahomes, it's not necessarily as big of a deal 
because he can, he's, he's probably worth a couple touchdowns a game. <laughs> and then you, what do you get from another quarterback? Right. So he can cover up some flaws. He's worth every penny. He is it, worth every penny. Yeah. Is, is Kyler Murray that, and the question becomes, I get it's not easy. If, if you don't want to re-sign him, then what do you do? Right. Then, no, they, they, they had to, they had to sign him. They had yeah. to sign him. They had, exactly. they had no choice. It's, it's like yeah. one of those things, like I, I feel, te- not that I feel terrible for ownership and management, you know, because I'm, I'm a former player, but but put yourself in their shoe. What were they supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not much, there's not much you can do. You've got to hit your wagon to this guy. I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, I, the question is, because what we're trying to do, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Is, now that you've given him this big contract and presumably, you know, not able to necessarily go out and, and, and build a well-rounded team. Is he going to be that force multiplier that overcomes that and gets you to Super Bowl? I, I, when things I, are going well, he will be. No, here's a, this is what I don't like, don't like about him. When things are going well, he will be. But as soon as shit hits the fan, Kurosh, he's one of those guys that starts rolling his eyes or, or yeah. instead of, instead of picking up his old line saying, it's okay, fellas, I got hit. You know what? I'm fine. I got, you, you get beat. I got you covered. Instead of that, he's sitting on his ass by himself, rolling his eyes. I don't like that. I, yeah. I, I, as, as, as a team leader, I don't, I don't like that. And, and look, and I think the Rams proved it that you can, you can put a really great team together and go and get yourself uh, a B-rated quarterback, and again, I you know how I feel about Matt Stafford. I, I think he's been underrated for, for a long time, but B plus, right? Yeah, B plus in terms of dynasty type quarterbacks at his age, at, at, at the stage of when the Rams got him. All right. Mm-hmm. So look, the Cardinals will two and one with Colt McCoy. All right, let's 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 not forget the, the Cardinals will yeah. two and one with, with with Colt McCoy. And let me ask something: if if you put again, I really don't like the makeup of the, of the Cardinals team. I, I think they're they were. They're not as good as that 7-0 record, obviously, as, as, as we saw. But look, you got guys like Matt Ryan that are that, that are out there that, that are capable of, of taking a team to the Super Bowl. You got you got a lot of guys out there that could do what you could do. And, and I really, I'm I really want to see. I, I really want to know what you know what you don't, you listen to that show with Michael Lombardi. What did he have to say about the cap repercussions of this? To be honest, I have I have not watched the show uh, this week, but I mean. <laughs> Mike McCarthy. I'm like, interested to see what he would have to say. He calls Colin Murray the mayor of Munchkin Land. That's so, pretty funny. You know, That's pretty funny. So he actually just now he just refers to him as the mayor because he said the mayor of Munchkin Land. People just know when he says the mayor, people just know That's what he's funny. talking about, right? That's so, really so I'm, my guess is he was not a fan of it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine what he's going through saying. I can only imagine that he probably hates this. But to, and one thing that you said when when you said you're not you know you you're not comparing him to Lamar Jackson, you're 100% correct. Lamar Jackson is a, a Michael Vick, whereas Kyler Murray is a Doug Flutie. <laughs> that's not. I mean, to me, that's not a terrible comparison. I'd say maybe he was a little more. He's a little more dynamic than Doug Flutie. But 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 you I, know I what I'm talking terrible about? Comparison. No, it's it's. Uh, and and look, Doug Doug Flutie's a winner now. Uh, so the oh, yeah. the one thing that I liked because look I played against Doug Flutie plenty of times up in Canada, all right. And by the way, that guy I think you're talking more just physically because yes. his mentality too. He doesn't I don't think a very different mentality than Doug, a, Doug Flutie was a freaking champion and he was a leader, all right. So, but I'm talking about physical characteristics of of, of a small guy, small hands, who's just quick and 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 needs to rely on 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 his legs to to 
you know, throw the receiver open or, or make a completion. That's what we're talking about. Lamar Jackson is a guy that's like, are you kidding me? He's like, I, I get excited when there's nobody open because I want to see what he does. The way yeah. he runs. I mean, again, not not that I want to use this. Uh, the, it reminds me of Colin Kaepernick, how, how like when Colin would just run with those long legs and you're like, wow, what's he going to do? You know, uh, so yeah, you, you're, uh, your comparison was absolutely right. Lamar Jackson is is a different story than Kyler Murray. And and I just want to literally talk to me in two, three years about the Cardinals. Yeah. And, and, and sure. And back, back, back to your question, you know, Mike Lombardi did, I did see on his Twitter, he basically said he doesn't believe in these incentive based contracts because basically, you know, the, the incentives doesn't change the core fundamentals of the person, right? Like if a person doesn't naturally really work hard, you know, is an incentive really going to change that? Or even if it does change it on paper, is that is that hours of work really going to amount to anything? So he doesn't he doesn't he was not a fan of the move and he he said he made a comparison. He said that basically the, the Cardinals organization is like the entourage guys, except with no manager. So he thinks that's, that's kind of, <laughs> and maybe that goes back to what you said, Shari, about yeah. like hey, good, why don't we all just go on social media and and, and right. have our employer and then we we right. get a bunch of money too, right? Right, right. No, that's 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 funny and yeah, it's look. Uh, one final thing and I don't I don't again we both love the talent and we think he's dynamic so I don't want to make it seem like we're shitting on him God bless you Kyler for for getting paid brother that's so again as as a football player I I, I say that but as somebody who analyzes these things we have to look back and and, and say that the fact that they put something like that 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 so now I know that his demeanor and 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 his uh, and and his, the way he is for his team I don't like and now his work ethic I don't like because here's the thing offensive linemen need to be smart because they need to know five positions of what everybody's exactly doing plus a blocking fullback plus the running back knowing where the running back's going through we don't have to know pass pass routes with the exception of having to know if they're deep you know how how long the quarterback's going to hold on to the ball so now I can only imagine imagine if I had to know exactly what each route pattern of the receiver was and what the reads of the receivers were. And you're telling me he's not the first guy into the, into the facility and not the last guy out. And he has to be told to watch film. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking yeah. kidding me? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. I, no, I we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, maybe he'll mature. Maybe he'll that's mature. What I'm saying. There's one or two ways this can go, right? Either, you know, maybe he gets pissed off and and, and continues doing what he's doing and then goes down a rabbit hole further. Or maybe he takes it as an opportunity to say, hey, I'm, I'm actually going to prove my naysayers wrong. And I'm going to take this. I, look, I, I got the money at the end of the day. Like, you know, despite this this addendum, I'm getting paid. I've got them and they show the commitment to me. I'm going to hunker down and prove. Yeah. Yeah. He has to look to see. OK, I got the money. I got the fame. The only thing I don't have is a Super Bowl ring. And what do I need to do to get a Super Bowl ring? I mean, yeah. I mean, also, how about how about a, a playoff win? First of all, right? I don't think he has, right. he has one of those yet. But yeah, right. yeah, agreed. And and, and look, I, like what I want to see from Kyler is, can you actually sustain success across an entire NFL season? Not the first five, six, seven games, right? Can you actually sustain that through the middle, through the end of the regular season? Because it's 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 been a steep drop off. If it weren't for that, whatever the seven and zero. If it weren't for that hot, hot start they had, they would have missed the playoffs again. The same thing with the previous year, right? They 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 start hot and like, please spare me the first two months of the season when he's going to look good and electric and say, told you so. No, 
Talk to me around Thanksgiving time. Talk yep. to me think of December. And then we can say, okay, has he actually taken the next step? Because no, you're absolutely him, right. Yeah. I, you know, him, him, him torching the, the Jaguars in September is not going to impress me. I'm sorry. Or, or even, or again, the only good thing that came out of, out of the way he played last year is he made me look really, really good. That's, that's the only thing. So I, yeah. I took, a, I took a lot of victory laps on, on, on that with, with saying that the Rams are the best team in the division and, and so on and so forth. So, well, but, let's, well, so, so let's, let's break that down. And, you know, and by the way, we talked about this, you know, looking at the schedule, you know, their, their early season schedule actually isn't, isn't all that much of a cakewalk, right? You got chiefs, Raiders, Rams to start off, which is, which is not necessarily a, a cakewalk. If you told me they go 0 three, I wouldn't be shocked because they're all three playoff teams. Right. So we'll see about that, but sharp, We'll, we'll wrap up the Kyler Murray thing. How do you think he responds to this? Does he take that leap next year? Is this contract a springboard for, you know, kind of looking back at his career and saying this is this is the inflection point that allowed him to really, you know, just concentrate on his level of play, take it to the next level? Or do you think we're going to see some form of more of the same Kyler? Unless if they bring a guy that he that he will listen to, like a former player or – or like a coach that that he respects that because right now he's looking at it, he's saying I'm I'm above everything here I, I I I am above the Cardinals I'm above everything and look look that they just they just proved me right they just paid me all this money unless if they bring him a guy that can sit down and 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 get him and get him straight I I think it's going to turn out bad I don't think he's going to learn because up to this point he has only been rewarded for his foolishness. Yeah, I I I just don't think and for me it's as simple as. You, you you can't change a person's who they're at their core and who what his demeanor is. He can't change that he's short and he can't change that over time he's gonna lose quickness. Like <laughs> to me, right. all those things are still true. Right. So I I just I I don't know how much you could expect him to sustain a little play. And I think that's probably why over the course of a season, as he gets more beat up, he gets less and yes. less and productive. He's so, he's brittle. Remember, we use that term, he's brittle. And it's not a fuck like dude. For that size and that frame, like right. he's got, he's gotten so much. It, it, it's not a knock on him personally. Right. It's just, it's just the reality of what he has to work with. I think we talk about his demeanor. His demeanor, yes, that is a knock. It's something in his control, but it's kind of seems to be who he is. And unless that can change vastly, you know, I, I don't think we should expect too much different out of Kyler Murray than what we've already seen. Okay, well, Shar, let's now move on to some news coming out of Niners camp. Around Jimmy G, Sean Salisbury, Shar reporting. By the way, do you remember Sean Salisbury on ESPN back in the day? Wasn't he a quarterback? He was a former. I think he played quarterback for the Vikings back in the day. Right. He was one of ESPN's top NFL analysts, and it was a good guy. I actually, I, I, I met him a couple times uh, when I would cover Cowboys training camp in Oxnard in Southern California, and he come out for ESPN sometimes. And he told me, he told me, Grosh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't count my lucky stars that I get to talk about football for a living for ESPN. A few years later, he was fired from ESPN for, let's just say, uh, he he took a, a picture of an area of his anatomy that should not be shown to others, and he showed it to some female colleagues. He pulled the Brett Favre, just say that. He pulled, he pulled the Brett Favre. He pulled the Brett Favre, right. except he doesn't have probably the clout that Brett Favre has, and so he was fired. <laughs> so he was fired. Nevertheless, Sean Salisbury, Salisbury is a reputable NFL reporter. He does still cover the league, has some good, good analysis and insight. This has never really recovered from, from that incident. <laughs> uh, but in any case, 
Sean Salisbury on a Houston radio show last week said he spoke to someone close to the Niners and around their QB situation who told him many of the Niners veteran players prefer Jimmy G to start. It is, to be fair, it is, there were no names mentioned, right? So it could be, you know, who's actually saying this. But we also, to be fair, we also did hear things like this last year too, as the season was winding down. Veterans like Jimmy. Veterans enjoy Jimmy's presence, right? They they think they can win with Jimmy, right? And so this is not anything necessarily new, but it's an interesting situation. Obviously, we know that Trey Lance is the guy. There's no question that are, are, are moving on and going with Trey Lance. There's even a report, I think, that came out yesterday that said that Niners are pretty much allowing Jimmy G to come and go as he pleases. They're not going to mandate anything. I think it's actually in their best interest to tell him to stay away. The last thing they want for him is to suffer some kind of injury that would that would deplete his trade value even further. So there's no question about who the guy is. But just, I don't know, as, 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 a, as a former player, hearing the veterans rumble this way, and this is not being the first time this has come up, does that tell you anything about the organization and the makeup and, and how they view the quarterback position that, that we, we should know about? No, not not really. It, it's like it's a situation where there's a team favorite and the organization has a vision of, of how to move forward. And but why not then just normal. say, you know, why not just say, hey, Trey's the guy. And they did. They said they said that. They, they came that, out and said no, this I'm, is I'm Trey's talking, team. I'm, I'm talking about when you when you if, if you're a veteran player talking as a source, right? Like, mm-hmm. why not just you know to other players and just say, hey, Trey's our guy. You know, we you know Jimmy's great, but like we want we want Trey, right? Like, like why not as a, if you're a veteran player, even talking to even if you know it's going to be off the comments going to be off the record. Why, why even make an off-record comment like that, supporting, saying, we, you know, I think... We, well, we don't know what the question was. We, we don't know what the questions were, and we don't know what the responses were, because yeah. uh, it's, it's a very vague it's a very vague and broad statement that the veterans would prefer Jimmy G to play. Some 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 veterans. We don't know how many. We don't know what number he spoke to. We don't we don't know anything. So so that's, that's why I can't really answer as to why the 49ers would do something about it or not. Now, having said that, I, I held a position a few weeks ago, a few months ago, that, you know, Jimmy G's situation is different than Baker Mayfield, that Baker had to go. It was a toxic situation. And and I and I thought that the 49ers could hang on to Jimmy G just in case of an injury, or they could get good value trade for him if, if, a, if a quarterback gets hurt somewhere else. Now, if there's any validity to the statement of, of Sean Salisbury, then, then they need they need to they need to get rid of him because at the first sign of trouble, if that kid loses a couple of games for you, then the, the mumblings and rumblings will start. Yeah, I think they. I mean, I think they want to get rid of him. I think they just probably botched his uh, his trade value. Oh, absolutely, they, they, they did the, the whole the whole trade process. Absolutely, they did because you know again in one of those in one of my many days that I sit there just drinking a little bit of tequila and, and thinking to myself, I, I would have I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see a three-way trade between between uh, San Francisco, uh, Cleveland, and 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 you know and and the Panthers, where they would they would swap their picks, and and Cleveland would get Cleveland would get Jimmy G until Deshaun comes back. Baker Baker comes to you know goes to the Panthers, and the Panthers give something to the 49ers. So, but again, you know, the wishful thinking like that. But yeah, they've they've def- definitely watched up the trade because here's the thing: who better to have as as a backup for Tampa Bay Bucks? On, on because they have what a year, maybe two more years left with Tom to move forward and, and win a championship. What a better backup to have to Tom Brady than than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's right? not going to want to do that. He 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 graduated New England 
as Tom Brady's backup. And actually, I think it got pretty heated between them towards the end of his time. You know what? Shaq and Kobe didn't talk for a long time. Also, Shaq went and wrapped after he won the yeah, but championship. Those guys can play on the court at the same time. You can't have you can't have two guys quarterbacks in the building. Yeah, time. but but you know what? People grow up and 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 people change. And if you tell look, Jimmy right now wants wants to have a wants to have a, a job, which which he will have. And and you go on a team with Tom Brady where you can pick up a, when you can pick up another championship and, and take over for him. In, in in two years, why wouldn't you want to do that? Uh, I, it's it's I think on paper. It's it's logical. I just don't know how realistic that would be in terms of what what about what about Seattle? What about Seattle? Yeah, and the I, problem I, there is you're not you're not going to trade in a vineyard division, right? Unless well, you think well, you're really getting over on them, right? I mean, so uh, what what about so uh, I, I can I can name a, I can name a couple other. It's teams. just the, the problem is the musical chairs ran out. Even even the Baker situation, it's a competition between him and Darnold, right? So he didn't he didn't go somewhere where he's the outright starter. So there's in that sense there's nothing for Jimmy. I think the Niners need have to wait for there to be some kind of an injury or something has to change. And I agree with you, Sharp, because it, it's 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 dangerous to go into a season with not a rookie quarterback because Trey Lance rookie year was last year, but with essentially a rookie quarterback because he has he didn't really play much. This is his first year as the as the full time starter to then say, okay, we're going to hand this to you, but you've almost got like this this shadow. shadow over you, right? And to your point, anytime things go bad, naturally in that situation, the backup quarterback is going to be the most popular, especially. And look, look, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he takes a lot of unnecessary sacks, you know, throws some unnecessary interceptions. But look, they, he's efficient. They've won a ton with this guy. They've made two very deep playoff runs with this guy. It's not shocking to me. The veterans think they can win with him. They think they can because they have, right? So, it's not like you have he's not like any other random backup on a team with a, with a new quarterback. He's right. a guy who's taken him to a Super Bowl, taken him to a conference championship, made some deep playoff runs, right? And, and he seems very well liked, right? We talk about Kyler Murray's talent and his demeanor not being the best. Jimmy's almost like an inverse. He doesn't have a ton of, you know, wow off the charts talent, but he's clearly a guy that his the locker room likes and rallies around and respects massively and that counts for something doesn't it it absolutely does it absolutely so, does you know he's a leader but but look there's always going to be rumblings there are always going to be people that that think like you know are like what are you doing we can win with jimmy we can win now and also there's look players players develop relationships players absolutely. develop relationships so i i remember my first year in the canadian league when i had a lot of success my guard that I loved. I mean, he and I thought like we didn't even need to make any calls. We just knew each other so well. They 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 replaced him with somebody that was better, and I hated it, and I was grumbling and and so right. on and so forth. But then but then I learned, you know, I'm like, okay, well, he's gone now, and and I gotta I gotta play with this guy who ended up being a phenomenal player, way better than the guy that I had. So, and, and I think I think to, part of this too, sure. I think this stuff's easy to talk about because it's just we're in the off season. There's not a lot of football. If if Trey Lance is the talent the Niners think he is, and if Shanahan can can kind of groom him up the way we know he can as a, as a as one of the most brilliant offensive minds in football, it might not be very long before there's no competition at all. And that wouldn't shock right. that wouldn't shock me either. I think we're right. we're talking about it now because there's just there's been there's nothing happening on the field, right? right? But there is a reality where it's like if you're the Niners, we probably ideally don't want to enter the season. With Jimmy on the roster 
because of, you know, wanting to show confidence in, in our new, in our new quarterback. So it is an odd month to, 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 to keep track of. What do you think ultimately happens? Do they end up finding a trade partner before the season or do we see some kind of an injury or something down the road and where midseason season, they, they, they get them somewhere before the trade deadline. The, the, the best scenario for the Niners is if, if, if they trade him to some AFC East <laughs> opponent, you know, so somebody gets an injury and, and they trade, you know, they trade him over there or to, to, you know, God knows one of the, one of those teams where they don't have to face him. Uh, twice a year or, or every year. So that's the best case scenario. If that, if that doesn't happen, I think they just, uh, they just do what the Texans did with Sean Watson last year. They just, oh, they just I mean, shelf him. I mean, and to me, if you just, if, if you're, if, if I'm solely looking at the Niners making a Super Bowl run to me, actually, ideally, if they have Jimmy G on the roster and Trey Lance comes out and just balls out his lights out, he's clearly the starter. But if you were to get hurt, you got a guy like Jimmy G can come in and run the offense. That's not a bad place to be. But you also have to see that Trey Lance comes out and is like a bona fide number one guy, clearly shows that he can take the reins of the offense, take him to the next level. We don't know if that's going to happen yet. But I think in that scenario, having Jimmy G as a backup, if you want to make a deep playoff run, isn't a bad thing, assuming he behaves himself, which I think he's a team player. He will, right? Because if you have an injury, your season isn't over, right, at quarterback. Right, no, I, I I agree, but that's not going to happen now. That's uh, yeah, you know, that's more fantasy land, right? I mean, right, you love to have two starting caliber guys on right. your team. So look, we'll we'll see how it all plays out with the Jimmy drama and, and all that. I think the Niners are doing it the right way. Keep him away. I so I'll tell them, we don't want to see you in the building. <laughs> Just stay, stay stay home, stay healthy. No reason to get injured, and we'll 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 try and work on something. You know what? Trade uh, him to the Raiders. Why not? Why not trade him to the Raiders for for a conditional pick? I mean, as, as a backup, the thing is, the thing is, I think part of this too is you want to do right by Jimmy for what he's done for the organization. Right. Great him to the Raiders isn't really doing right. He's, I mean, they, they just locked up Derek Carr. Right. I mean, so, so, you know, he wants to, the problem is you want to do right by him by sending him somewhere where he has a chance to start. But, but how many that teams opportunity doesn't exist right now? There, how many teams are there for Jimmy G to be a bottom, you no know, locked and loaded starter? There, there's just right, right now. There's not a there's not enough shares. One right? team, Seattle. What that, that that's it. That's it. Yeah. One team is and Seattle. Sure, you're, you're right. I think if the Niners and Seahawks weren't in the same division, he'd probably be a Seahawk. Right. right. Yeah, that's fair. So it's so 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 that's the reason. If Jimmy G goes anywhere this year, more than likely, unless we're talking about an injury, he's going to be a backup, Kurush. Yeah. He's he's yeah. he's he's, he's going to be a backup. He's he to he has to accept that. Right. And, 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 and look, I, I'm a big believer in analogs, and, and, and I'm looking at him like, you know what? He would be a good backup for Derek Carr in case in case of an injury where the offense doesn't have to change and not much of a drop off. He wouldn't be a, a bad backup for Tom Brady if if, if something happens. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, those are the, you know send send them to the Redskins, send them to the Commanders. He might he might start. He might start sooner than later. That, I mean, then then you'll be I, doing I, well I, for the. I, I think I mean I already think Heineke is going to eventually come in for once. So there you go. That's, that's gonna that's, it's gonna complicate it further. Yeah, there just there isn't a clear cut situation though. You know what I mean? And right. that's and that's a struggle. You want you want to hear something though? You want to hear something though? And it's gonna probably gonna make you laugh because who do you think I would want the 49ers to bring in as a backup to Trey Lance? Come on, Tyler you know Murray? <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody that doesn't have a job right now. 
Uh, you know, it's my boy. Oh, 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 Kaepernick, Kaepernick. No, Cam Newton, baby, Cam Newton. Oh, Cam Newton. I'm sorry. I should, I should. Yeah. I should, I should, I should, no, Come I on, you know I love me some Cam Newton. I love me some Cam Newton. Would would that be a good backup for him? I mean, can he still throw? I mean, come on, Cam Newton's kind of a power back. Okay, but but you're talking about somebody like if Trey misses a week or two, uh, you don't have to change the offense. You don't like you still get somebody dynamic. You still get fair. Your boy, you know. Yeah, you know what? We haven't talked about him for so long. I I forgot, but yeah, if if we were mid season, I would have got that immediately. I just (laughs) (laughs) or Chicago. Chicago should take Cam Newton. Right, right, right. Justin Fields analog. All right. Enough, enough on on the beautiful Jimmy G. Let let's go to some potentially cryptic comments coming out of Cowboys camp. So, sure, this is kind of funny. A couple of days ago, Jerry Jones stayed next, right next to Mike, Mike McCarthy. He was addressing the media as he always likes. He's always the one that has to address the media first, or he, he he likes doing that. By the way, he would do this when I was at Cowboys camp when Parcells was the coach. During while Parcells was running practice, he would walk over to the media during practice. And he would tell us the free agent moves they've made and the latest news before Parcells could announce it in the press conference. He just, he just likes being first. He just, even with Parcells, he would sneak it, right? He would tell, we signed this guy and that guy. So anyway, so in, in, in typical Jerry Jones fashion, he was addressing the media, McCarthy sitting right next to him. And he just, he decided to voluntarily, without the media asking him to voluntarily address the issue of Mike McCarthy's job security. And basically what he said was, he said, quote, he wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't believe he was the man to lead this team to a Super Bowl. But then right after that, he said, quote, and I have choices. So some people said, okay, well, what is that? Why do you have to say, and I have choices, right? Is he just trying to flex and say, I'm the Cowboys owner? Or was it in reference to something more, right? And I think when when you think about the fact that that Dan Quinn turned down multiple head coaching interviews to stay in Dallas, right? You've also got rumblings of Sean Payton. He stepped away for a little bit. There's no secret of the ties he's got to the Cowboys, right? So we can kind of begin to form some thoughts around when Jerry Jones says, I, and I have choices, what he means by that. But do you see anything cryptic about that? And, and I also, the other thing I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention was, Jerry Jones, to me, had, as a Cowboy fan, kind of the gall to say we think we're more competitive than we are. We were last year. We feel really good about getting to the Super Bowl. They've lost Randy Gregory. They've lost Lyle Collins. They've lost Amari Cooper. They've lost guard, starting guard Connor Williams. They lost Cedric Wilson. They've lost some key parts. Yet he says we're in a better position to compete for the Super Bowl. You know, you wonder, is this kind of Jerry Jones putting on a bit of a, an acting job, all the while knowing the deck's not stacked in our favor as much this year. McCarthy's a sitting duck. I'm going to use this year to justify it and then bring the guy I really want to bring on. What do you make of all this? Honestly, okay, look, I'm not sure that we're not just putting more things into it than it was. Could it be that he's basically saying that it's not that I don't have choices. I believe he's a man. I've I've had other choices. Think of it this way. If, If you were to tell a lady that I wouldn't be with you if I didn't think you were everything I wanted to be right. and all that. And trust me, I, and I, I've, I've, I've got some choices too. So 
right. it's just it's 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 a bit of a dig, isn't it? It's just it, it no. sounds cool, isn't it? Okay, to a woman, yes. To a woman, yes, but to other men, to other men, yes. I'm just saying to to okay, okay. So you don't put any weight in the fact that he's saying that, that he actually does have choices, right? And and, and that his point is because his, to me, to me, D- Dan Quinn, why would Dan Quinn decide to stay in Dallas? Okay, now, now you're tying shit together. That might be true, but it's not what Jerry Jones said. All Jerry Jones was saying is that I got this guy in here. It's not like he was the only. Cho- it's not like he's the only coach on the market. So do you I have choices? So do you believe Jerry Jones when he says, "I believe this is the man to get us to the ultimate goal of the Super Bowl"? Do, no. do, you, do you believe that he believes that in his core? No. Okay, so then some of it was posturing. Well, that's Jerry Jones, dude. I mean, come on. The thing is, nobody <laughs> asked him. Nobody. He just volunteered this. I believe. I believe me. I, if if you ask Jerry Jones, he's going to say, "All I'm saying is that I'm not desperate for a coach. I, I could get different coaches. I believe this is the man for the job." It would be shocking to me. If I don't Jerry think it's scripted. I, I think he was just trying to be complimentary, but we're just tying shit that we know okay. to be true. We Here's know. The Here's the difference. It would not be shocking to me if Jerry Jones on his chessboard doesn't already have some things lined up in his mind if Mike McCarthy fumbles this season. Of course. Whereas other coaches, other owners don't have that same train of thought about their current coaches, right? Like You don't know that's not true. Okay, would do you think the Chiefs or the Steelers or the Bills or any of those teams have a plan B or plan C if their okay. team doesn't play well no, this year? No, but 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 so, here, so here's, I, Well, yeah. here's one thing you're not taking into account. We haven't talked about coaching vacancies coming up. And this is going to sound shocking. I was thinking about it. What coaches are in the hot seat this year? And I'm like, it has to be McCarthy. It has to be one of them. McCarthy is the clear cut only. I'm not saying that he, like, this, his seat might not be very hot, but name one other team where the coach has less job security than Mike McCarthy. Every single team. This is for, and I was thinking, I'm like, oh my God, for the first time, we're going into a season where there's, I, I can't actually figure on any coaches being on a hot seat. And then I start thinking about it. I'm like, well, even though they won the division last year, Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy's probably the, the, the he probably has the warmest seat out of any coach. And I, I, I'm thinking about it, you're right, because all the teams that were awful last year have new coaches. So these, these all are new like coaches, situations, right? I, I, I can't think, yeah, it's almost like think of a, a team that doesn't have a new coach who that coach is now on the hot seat. I don't think you have one. Maybe like, maybe Cliff Kingsbury, if the Cardinals totally implode, like maybe, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but, but right now, but right maybe, now. Maybe, maybe Pete Carroll, right? Maybe like the, the Seahawks just totally tank this year without their core. And they realize it's time to it's just time to move on from each other. Yeah, all. but but he'll Maybe. he'll get another year or he'll retire. Right now, I, I don't think there's any hot seats in the NFL right now. I think there's Mike McCarthy's is the warmest seat in the NFL right now. It, it, it is because you look at the talent he's been given and what he's been able to produce. Right. It's it's there's there, there's an imbalance there. I, I agree. I agree. So so so, that, so that's so that's why you're not going to find. My point is Jerry Jones is posturing. That's the point. Is he he knows that we know that he knows that. <laughs> Right. And so it, it would be shocking to me if he has an already in his mind lined up the next potentially or the next quick, quick, quick question is, what's he thinking? about? Is he thinking about Dan Quinn or is he thinking about his buddy? His, his, I, think his, he's his, his... I mean, come on. Right, who, right? who values friendships more than Jerry Jones? I right. think he's thinking about his buddy. 
Yeah, Sean Payton. So bring in Sean Payton and, and, and make Dan Quinn associate head coach in charge of defense, something like that. <laughs> that, that would be incredible. We, we would lose Kourish for about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and look, and it's, it's, it sounds counterproductive because that would mean the Cowboys have to struggle this year for that to happen. Right. But I'm totally down. I'm totally. I would much rather have that than have like McCarthy barely win the East. Win a win a win a wild card playoff game and then tank in the division. Like, like right. I, I don't want to. I don't need to see that again. You know. <laughs> like, hey, like, I just I just listen. You know, uh, p- people that are listening. Somebody mentioned what if what if what if Jimmy G gets sent to Detroit? That would that would be a possibility. But again, I don't want to go down that line. <laughs> Siberia. <laughs> let's send him to Siberia. Right. Okay, Shar. Let's go. Let's go from from I guess that that topic to the topic of greatness on the other side of the house. Tom Brady gets another weapon. Yes, Julio Jones, the all-time receiver to Tampa. He's not the player he used to be, obviously. He had a fairly productive season with Titans last year. And now, obviously, for Jones, this has got to be about, A, uh, playing with the great Tom Brady, and B, really, as his career, career begins to kind of wind down, playing on a team that has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Right. I also think about the Bucks last year, Shar, down the stretch. They had a lot of injuries at wide receiver. Antonio Brown was hurt. Godwin was hobbled. Evans battled some injuries, right? Like they just didn't have all their guys, their full core healthy down the stretch last year. And so this is not a situation where you're, and, and, and by the way, they, so they've got Evans and Godwin locked up. They also signed Russell Gage this offseason, really nice slot piece for them. So it's not like you're going to need Julio to come in. And do a ton. Whereas last year, Tennessee, I think, was asking him to really be a, a true like X on the other side of AJ Brown. If anything, you know, I'd save Julio for the playoffs if I, if I were them because they don't they don't necessarily need Julio for 17 games. But it's a nice signing. He's a veteran guy. He can run the route tree. He's still got some physicality to his game. I like the the addition. But is it going to be oh Julio's going to go back to having a 1500 yard season? No, that Julio doesn't exist anymore. But I think it's a very nice piece and a good addition for both sides. What do you think? Right. Well, let's let's look at it this way. In the offseason last year, everybody's talking about Julio going to Tennessee and nobody was talking about A.J. Green going to Arizona. We were kind of like foo-fooing that. Ended up that A.J. Green had was more of a factor with Arizona that, than Julio was with, with the Titans. Yeah. They asked A.J. Green to go basically play X, X receiver outside, just, just run up the field and, and – Catch a jump shot, you know, jump balls, catch a jump balls. Yeah. And and he was doing that. And again, I foo-fooed like when, when you were saying Julio Jones and talent and, 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 and everything. I think it's a fantastic move for the Bucks because now you have what do they do with Evans on that side? They just throw him the ball and he catches touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna be they're gonna have two of those guys on either side now. Yeah. And 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 you're going to you're going to have Godwin and you're going to have Russell Gage, you know, r- running the slot. And, and keep in mind, they lost they lost Gronk. So now you have a guy that Tom can just basically throw it up in the air and, and, and have him catch it. If if Julio's if Julio is going to be happy getting five catches, four catches a game. For 60 yards, 70 yards. I, I, think, I, he's, I, I think he's very happy with that. 
No, I'm not saying through it as a course of a season. I'm saying like if, if that's basically what they're asking them to do, yeah. just like, you know, get, get some jump balls and, and get some first downs and a couple of touchdowns. I think it's a great move because now now you can now Tom has two guys that he can basically just he's not even a guy that I would necessarily even need to have active every week, especially given Julio's you know in, injury bug. Like Julio only played 10 games last year, right? He had 434 yards, so not 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 amazing uh, across those 10 games, but like He's a guy who I almost I want to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs more than anything else. I think the problem with that was that the problem with that was that Tennessee asked him to do too much. Yeah, I agree. Agree. So so I think the Bucks, they're in a much different situation where you've got a good stable of guys who can come in and take some of that pressure off of Julio, right? Evans, Godwin. We talked about Russell Gage, Tyler Johnson, another great player, Scotty Miller, the speedster, right? They've got some nice pieces. Julio does not and have a lot of pressure on him coming in and I I would love to see him stay healthy and be used sparingly enough to where he can actually be be an impact maker in the playoffs it's I think the fact that he's not going to be the number one target on any route tree uh, is is gonna it's gonna help him because when you ask your receiver to be the number one target of a quarterback in in a given play he has to make several moves and, and that's where really injuries can happen like you know cuts on the field with a guy on you bumping you doing all that stuff if, if I'm the Bucks, I'm going to have Julio run three routes. I'm going to have him run a. I'm going to have him run a nine route. I'm going to have him run a comeback, and I'm going to run a, have him run like a slot, you know, slant or an in pattern. That's it. So yeah. where he's only where he's only making one cut. The, yeah. Where where the older receivers get in trouble is they start pulling. You know, the soft tissue stuff is making multiple cuts on the same play. Yeah. yeah. If you if you ask Julio to because that's look that's what AJ Green did. And, and by the way, he's he, he's always been a big. He's never been a small. He's a big guy. He's always been yes. A- he, him and AJ Green are are basically the, the, the same guy. And look what Arizona did with AJ Green. He just he literally played the sideline. That's all AJ Green did last year. But it worked. It worked really well. It worked. And that's all they got to do. That's all they got to do. And, and that's I think that's going to be a good supplement for losing Gronk. And and I, I think I think it's a great move for them. And to your point, he just can't get he just can't get injured. And that's why I say you just need to have Julio just you know even on run plays don't block. Just just run nine routes, not run your run your receiver off the off the line of scrimmage. That's what I'm saying. Don't even have him active every week. He's not a guy you need yeah. to have active every week. But but it's 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 a nice piece for Tom Brady. I mean, I would have loved to have seen this 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 happen maybe six, seven years ago when Julio was in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. But but nevertheless, we'll take it. Julio is one of my favorite players. Sorry, I actually have a t-shirt that says, I have Julio Jones on my fantasy team, and I'm gonna beat you. So He's he's a guy that I've always admired as a as, as a fan from afar, and uh, yeah, he always he always killed him because he never scored touchdowns for me. He the years score, that I had him, touch, but 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 man, this guy was just such a productive player for many many years, and I just love. To me, he's a in his prime, the prototype. Oh yeah, well, I mean, a guy that's built like that is explosive and can run the route tree, and his prime. Right. Oh man, I don't. I, I think Julio Jones. If you wanted to build a guy in a laboratory. Right, oh, yeah. there was a perfect idle receiver. It's it doesn't get it, it, well. I, I would do Megatron. Close to that. I would do Megatron number one, but Julio's a pretty close second. Megatron to me wasn't as explosive speed wise as Julio. But Six foot five tight end playing wide receiver. Yeah. I think Julio can Julio could score anywhere on the field. Right, get the ball. Right. In the field. So and at that size and that frame, it's just right. it's incredible to watch. So. I'm excited to see how this plays out for the Bucks and Tom Brady. And yeah, it's it's definitely gonna gonna help them and hopefully keep them off the injury bug on the receivers as the season progresses. Sharp, 
That's all we got this week. Next week, we will get back and wrap up our final divisional preview going south. NFC South, AFC South, we'll wrap, and that'll wrap up our, our divisional coverage. As we get in the thick of training camp, we'll have some training camp headlines coming out as well. We'll talk about and, and much, much more, man. Preseason's coming up. Yeah. We're going to have, we're what, only a few weeks away or uh, from it's, our preseason action. So, oh, yeah. Uh, let's get it rolling, baby. We'll, yes, sir. I'm, I'm already doing my backup tight ends and fullbacks, but it'll be fun. I'm already doing my fantasy mock drafts. I, I've been doing a whole bunch of them. It's getting that time of year. But we're not sure. Kurosh might go and visit his mansion in, in the Hamptons. Uh, yeah, so he right. might. <laughs> I, I want to be what you think what you think I am, right? That's <laughs> Please, you talk about your, your gated comedian, Pelican Hill, and your and your Audis, and your Yukon Denali's. And come on, man, come on. Get what are you now. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, enjoy yourself, buddy. Looking forward to next week. Yes, sir. Talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye.